This is Pastor Stuart Schneider welcoming you to a service of worship at Community Presbyterian Church in Belfont, Kentucky. Come, let us worship the Lord together. Our first reading is from Genesis, the 45th chapter, 1 through 15. Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that his brothers talked with him. Listen in this reading for the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 15th chapter, 10 through 28. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. 
For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witnesses, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Listen for the word of the Lord. Can evil spring from an intention to do good? Of course it can, and particularly so if you permit yourself to be the judge of good and evil. That's above your pay grade, but it is such a delicious thought that by study, devotion, and an active prayer life, one can discern that which only God knows. It's so delicious that we constantly set ourselves up as the judges of good and evil. We err grievously when we do so. C.S. Lewis reminded us, the most dangerous thing you can do is to take any one impulse of your own nature and set it up as the thing you ought to follow at all costs. There is not one of them which will not make us into devils if we set it up as an absolute guide. Lewis's advice that the most dangerous thing we can do is to take any one impulse of our own nature and set it up as the thing we ought to follow at all costs, leaves us in a hellish limbo, does it not? If we cannot know the good, how are we to act upon it? And if we act only on our own impulses of right, what is to protect us from doing evil unknowing? Jesus was born into the faith of the Israelites, and that faith led its people by ritual and commandments to honor the covenant God made with them as God's chosen people. That is stupefying. Out of all the people in the world, God chose this small group as his people, and he set out in his covenant those things his people must do in return. What is even more amazing is that they did it. By Jesus' time, the Jews had adhered to the terms of the covenant for something like a thousand years. They were both guided and defined by Torah. Does that mean that by honoring Torah, no evil could be done? Of course it doesn't. There are always conflicts in any system of rules. In Luke's gospel, Jesus points out one such conflict. The commandments prohibit work on Sabbath. But Jesus asks, which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? Pulling an ox out of a well is quite a lot of work. But who would leave the ox down there to die and 
the more so if it were his own son. Evil, you see, cloaks itself in the highest of motives, as even a cursory reading of the history books in the Bible will reveal. It is to this point in the debate that Jesus weighs in. The discussion centers on the dietary restrictions. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Jesus' words would have been jarring for everyone there. It's hard for us to imagine the import of these words and their effect upon those hearing them since we have not lived our life honoring these dietary restrictions. But for those who had, those hearing Jesus speak, these words would have been awful to hear. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? Pharisees get a lot of bad press in Bible study, but they were not the bad guys. They were the strict observers of the commandments, literally and without amendments. Try to imagine having spent your life in the study of Torah, becoming an expert, being respected for your strict adherence to the mitzvot, the commandments, contained within Torah, only to hear an itinerant street preacher with no credentials from Galilee of all places say something like this. I don't think took offense covers their response. I think they were shocked to their soul and mad as hornets. The Pharisees believed that they were protecting God's covenant. In response to any who differed with them, they could, with integrity, point to Torah, God's own law for his people, to defend their actions. The dietary prohibitions had operated to separate God's chosen people from other populations into which they might well have disappeared were it not for these inconvenient laws. They were that important. The, the, the disciples are confused and ask Jesus, Explain this parable to us. In response, Jesus doubled down. Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. A perfectly logical argument. Righteousness does not spring from empty observance of the law, but from heartfelt love of other. Will the offended Pharisees believe Jesus? Of course not. They would point to their strict religion as a defense against any such charge. Jesus must expose the evil intentions which hide themselves behind such a defense. The explanation came not in words but in Jesus' actions a few days later. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. 
But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Think about what Jesus just showed his disciples. An agonized Gentile mother runs to Jesus, begging for salvation for her daughter. Jesus responds just as Torah prescribes. He ignores her. She is a Gentile. She is not a daughter of Abraham. He must not engage her in any way. By the measures embraced by the Pharisees, he is behaving righteously, but by doing so, he is causing this mother much distress. This is not Jesus acting like a jerk. This is Jesus showing that evil will cloak itself in righteousness and operate to our misery and that of others from its hiding place behind some honored understanding. Jesus is speaking a word to us we must hear. In view of the events of the past week, can we not at the least agree that hatred of another because of race or affirmation of self on the same basis is evil? Can we not see that this evil took three lives as its prize? Chief Al Thomas answered a reporter who asked if he had any regrets. Of course I do, he responded. We lost three lives. The events this week were horrible and cost the lives of two brave policemen and a young woman. I do not think these lives were lost in vain. I believe that God's purposes will be worked out in spite of our sins. Even though my eyes are dimmed with tears when I think on what happened such that I cannot see the good, may God grant each of us eyes with which to behold his glory. Amen. Please join with me as we affirm our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, but in God's plan he became their savior in Egypt. Remember always that God acts to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God's church said, Amen.